This is episode 122, Striving to be Spiritual with Camille Snell. Hi, this is Jocelyn with Striving to be Spiritual, a podcast for moms wanting to strengthen their spirituality. We use the teachings of Jesus Christ and the apostles to come closer to God and ultimately fulfill our divine calling of mothering and raising His children. Hello, how is everybody doing today? I'm excited to come at you with another interview. Yay! I have really enjoyed recording these interviews so far because I learned so much from these mothers and my friends who are striving to be spiritual, and today is no different. It's a special treat to have one of my close friends with me who I stay in close contact with. We actually don't get to see each other much, but we talk frequently. And her name is Camille Snell. We recorded this episode a little bit early, so I don't have the point of light for your life in this episode. But without much ado, and to jump into today's interview, here is my interview with Camille Snell. All right, we're going to talk to Camille Snell today. Camille is one of my good friends that we just... I don't, how did we even connect? <laughs> I guess through one of my friends in high school, she married her older brother. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how we connected and we're just good friends. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Camille. Well, um, I live in Pocatello, Idaho. Um, I'm married to a wonderful man named Zach. Um, like you said, it's your friend's brother. So um, we've been married for 10 and a half years. We have three kids two boys and a girl, um, ages seven, four, and one. My one-year-old will be two in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I homeschool my kids by choice, um, so that keeps me busy. I love to garden. I love to can in the fall. Um, I love to play sports, especially volleyball, even though I don't really play sports as often as I'd like to. It's just hard being a young mom, but um, I love, love chocolate and I love old black and white shows like the Andy Griffith show, leave it to beaver. <laughs> oh, awesome. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Oh, good. Good. I'm, I'm glad you've, uh, you're okay with, uh, me interviewing you today. I want to start with the question of what is your favorite scripture and why? Okay. So this might seem a little odd because my favorite scripture is actually in the war chapters in Alma. And I know a lot of people don't like the war chapters. Um, they're, they can be gruesome and they can be kind of long, but um, let me grab my book real quick. So it's Alma chapter 49, verse 20, and I'll read it and then I'll explain why I, why I like it because it probably won't make a lot of sense at first. That's fine. Okay, so it says, thus they were prepared, yea, a body of their strongest men with their swords and their slings to smite down all who should attempt to come into their place of security by the place of entrance. And thus were they prepared to defend themselves against the Lamanites. So when I read these chapters, I, I liken them to my family and my home. So in this scripture, I circled the words place of security and I wrote in the margins our home. And so, um, the Nephites were prepared to defend their place of security from their enemy, which was the Lamanites. And um, kind of like I need to be prepared to defend my family and my home from the enemy we deal with today, which is 
evil, sin, temptation, stuff like that. So when I read about um, Moroni fortifying cities and preparing his people with weapons, I relate that to preparing my children spiritually with um, the word of God, with prayer, with righteous goals, acts of service, etc. So that when the enemy comes, um, they're, they're prepared, they're equipped to face that temptation. They're already armed and ready to defend themselves. I love that. That's very touching. And uh, I always feel pressure to prepare my kids. And especially with all this weird stuff that's been going on with the coronavirus, I'm like, what, am, what are my kids going to have to live through? And how can I, like you say, prepare my home and teach them the, these righteous principles so that they're ready for <laughs> all the wicked that, or you know what I mean? Whatever can come their way. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a very daunting task, <laughs> but you just take one day at a time, one child at a time and, and God will help you. He'll inspire you to know what they need. Just like I say, taking it small. When I look at the broad picture, I get really overwhelmed and think I'm going to fail. <laughs> right. But, um, <laughs> just little by little, I think we can do it. <laughs> Well, I agree with that. Taking it one day at a time makes it more doable. And like, as long as I'm doing the things I need to each day to prepare my home and my children, it should be okay in the long run for us all, right? Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> that's an awesome scripture. And that's not a common one that people usually like. I, I really like that. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that. What is the greatest spiritual insight that you have learned or like what helps you in most in striving to be spiritual that you would like to share with us today? So I'm really glad you asked this question um, because um, in our most recent general conference, President Nelson said, quote, the Lord loves effort because effort brings rewards that can't come without it. And that really has stuck with me. Um, so I actually have two examples, if that's okay. Yeah, um, that's great. This principle. So the first one, the first area I decided to put more effort into is my fasts. So being a young mom, um, there's a lot of time spent either pregnant or nursing, and you can't fast. And during the times when I can fast, I would just do two meals. And um, when President Nelson asked everyone to fast for relief from COVID-19 on Good Friday, I decided to fast and, and I had just planned to do the two meals um, that I usually do. But through kind of an interesting turn of events, I wasn't able to eat when I had planned to eat. We were actually out in the mountains on the motorbikes with the kids. So I decided that I was just gonna go the full 24 hours. And I did it, it was really hard, but I did it. And the very next day, it was the Saturday before Easter and we were studying some um, last days of the Savior's life. And I had a sweet experience where I was able to bear my testimony about the Savior to my kids. And I kind of surprised myself by how um, the increased amount of love and gratitude I had for my Savior. It actually, it brought me to tears. And I, I hope that my kids could feel that added measure of the Spirit. And I knew that it was because I had fasted the day before. Now, I wasn't necessarily fasting for an increased testimony of the Savior. I was fasting for relief from COVID. But um, I think the principle is there that when we put in effort, we're blessed with things that, that we don't even expect. I love that. That's incredible. You got that witness without um, 
like thinking about it. Your your focus was like on you said COVID, but you were blessed through doing that fast to have a better testimony of your savior. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So my second example has to do with prayer. Um, as a young mom, uh, probably not alone in this, it's hard to find time to pray, to really pray, pour out your heart to God, and then also to wait for an answer. Oftentimes our prayers are, you know, I'm just going to pray. Kids are climbing all over me sometimes. And like, there's no um, venue for <laughs> receiving revelation. You know, I don't, th- I don't feel like for me personally. So one Sunday I told my husband, I was just going to go for a drive by myself. And he was kind of like, is everything okay? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. I just need time to be alone and to pray. And so I took my prayer journal and drove out to a little church that's out in the country. I just parked under a tree and I just prayed out loud. I just talked to God for, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 minutes and um, about an issue that has been, you know, rolling around in my head for a long time. So I was just able to talk to God out loud and I wrote in my journal some. And when I came away from that, I didn't necessarily have a crystal clear answer of what I was supposed to do next or a timeline for things that I wanted to happen, but I did feel a lot of peace. I felt like God was saying, I, I know you, I'm aware of you, I'm aware of your family and that you just need to trust me. And that has actually carried me through a lot of, a lot of days, just that peace. Like I can get really anxious about stuff, but it's really helped me like step back and just say, God's in control as long as I'm doing my part. So, um, so I think with that example too, just, you know, we have to show the Lord that we're serious. We have to put in the effort of maybe you need to drive or to the temple, you know, when the temples are open again, go to the temple and just show the Lord that we're serious, that we really want to talk to him and that we really want to receive answers. And that we really have that faith in him. I love that. So do you do that often or was that kind of a random thing or? <laughs> it was kind of a random thing. It was something I thought about doing for a long time, but I always feel bad just like taking off and leaving my kids. Um, but my baby was napping. My boys were having quiet time. So I just went and did it. And it's something I want to do more often because it was a really, really good experience. Yeah, just spending a little bit of time and letting your husband help to fill that. And you were able to fill that peace, I think, is a good reminder to keep the faith when we have all these questions or worries or doubts and don't know what the next step is and it's unclear. Just praying to find that peace. Yeah, definitely. And it's been my experience that he, he grants that, even if the answer, you know, even if we're searching for a certain answer and he doesn't quite give the answer we want. I think he still reassures us that he's aware of us and he will take care of us. Yeah, that things will be okay. We just have to trust (laughs) as hard as that can be sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that or? No, that was it for that part of it. Perfect. All right. So this is a question that I haven't asked in a podcast yet, but I thought it would be, well, both Camille and I thought it would be kind of fun or different to try, but how are you intentional? in teaching your children the gospel? Um, So one thing we do as part of our school day routine is we start the day with a prayer, and then I will read a story or two out of the scripture story books, just the ones with pictures that are made by the church. My kids love it, 
And more often than not, they'll want me to read more than one. They'll Aww. ask for two because they just, they're, they're so cute. They just want to know what happens next. And so sometimes we read several of them and they're getting pretty familiar with the stories. We let them watch those stories for screen time. Sometimes just the Book of Mormon stories on, I think you can watch them on Mormon channel or the Saints channel. So they're, they're familiar enough with those stories that they, they're like, oh, we just watched this one on TV. And so they get excited about it, which has been good. Um, another thing that we do, we've been trying to be more consistent doing family home evening every week. And we've been involving the kids. So we give everybody an assignment. Somebody has the lesson, somebody has the treat, the prayer, et cetera. And the kids love being involved in it. They love getting to plan especially when it's their turn to do the game or the treat. That's their favorite one <laughs> because it's their turn and no one can argue with them. And so they just <laughs> do what they want. <laughs> we um, had a week where we were getting our garden spot ready. And so we didn't do family home evening on a Monday night. And my four-year-old was really sad. He said, mom, we need to make sure to do it tomorrow because we missed it today. And so they look forward to it and they miss it when it's gone. Um, and our, honestly, the lessons are so short, five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, but I think it's important that we're consistent and I really feel like it's having a positive impact on my children. That's awesome. And that's kind of been a standard that we're, we've supposed to live by for a long time, but I'll be honest, we're not the best at it either. Usually it happens <laughs> later in the week when we remember and then we're like, okay, we'll just read a story out of the friend. But I like how yeah. you're involving your kids like... And they're excited about it because they can do the game or the treat and they're like reminding you that's good to teach them when they're excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so easy to be inconsistent. We were the same way. And, but until, until I started giving them assignments, um, you know, if, if it wasn't them doing the lesson, it's, it's easy for them to just want to play or their minds wander. They poke each other and all, all those things. But when they're the one doing it, they take it a little more seriously. And so it's been good. That's good. Do you have like a chart or anything you do with that? Or do you just kind of know who's on what or do you know what I mean? I, well, I kind of have a chart. I have a big calendar that I tape to my fridge and that just has everything on it for oh, gotcha. all of our events and everything. So then on Monday, we just write down who has what and then we can just look at the next week and we just rotate up. Oh, so it's I just see. The calendar. Well, that's doable because I don't have any like a way to keep track, but that one's easy and doable and I don't have to make something. So I'll have to yeah. try and implement that in our house as well. <laughs> awesome. Did you have any other tips on how you intentionally teach your children the gospel in your home? Those are the two main things that we're working on right now. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Okay. So we are recording this a little early because I am due to have a baby. So I'm trying to get ahead on some of my podcasts, but when this podcast will air, it will be the Friday before Father's Day. So I'm wondering if you have some valuable insight that you have learned from your dad or a dad that you admire or like a Father's Day thought. Um, so whenever I think of my dad, I just think of him playing with us. He actually took a lot of time to be with us. He would jump on the trampoline with us. He would throw Frisbees. He actually was really good at cartwheels. <laughs> wow. He was, and so growing up, I was like, my dad does the best cartwheels. He can't anymore. He has health problems now, but um, he would take us on business trips with him. Just sometimes it was just one-on-one, -on -one, just me and dad. And, and so I always felt like I was important to my dad and, and he took an interest in the things that I was doing. 
and that that was important to me and that might be why I play with my kids or feel the need to play with my kids so much is because of that example that he set for me and um, thinking of my own husband he's also really good at playing with our kids um, our oldest child's love language is quality time and it speaks volumes to him when someone takes the time to just get down on the floor and play a game with him or go outside and play soccer with him. Um, and as a wife, I realize now that my husband has a hundred other things that he could be doing. You know, there's always a to-do list. Um, but he, he forgets that when he comes home and he just focuses on the kids and spends a lot of time playing with them. So looking back, I appreciate my dad more. Um, because he probably had a hundred things on his mind too, but he he was able to take that time for us. So I think I just want to give a huge thank you to all the fathers or father figures out there who put their children first and make them feel loved and valued because there's a lot of things that can pull us in different directions. Um, but But those fathers that are there for their kids and just plain simple things like playing Uno, our four-year-old loves Uno. And when we play that with him, he, he just loves that, makes them feel good. So just a huge thank you to the fathers that take time for their kids and do that. Totally. It's a very important and vital role, and I'm grateful for a good husband as well. It it definitely helps. Sometimes when they come home, maybe they don't want to be with the kids, but then they do, and it gives mom a break and helps out a little bit, and that's such a blessing. Those fathers are very important. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. And they've had a hard day too. They've been working hard and they probably just want to sit down and talk kick to them. nobody. And, you know, yeah, kick their feet up and relax. And they've yeah, got exactly. Exactly. Of the children to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I, I feel the same way about my husband and my dad probably didn't play as much, but he was always showing me the example of service. My, my dad was very good at that. He was always serving and letting us come help serve. So I appreciate Yeah, no, that's very important too. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts that you want to share with uh, mothers who are striving to be spiritual before we end this interview? I think just take it easy on yourselves. I think that's something I've learned is that we have really high expectations for ourselves, which is a good thing. That's what gets things done and accomplished. But I think sometimes we have to um, realize that it's just the small victories that count and also um, not worrying about the way other people parent. Even if it's a good way of parenting, I think sometimes we, um, it's easy to compare, but, but as moms, if you know something's right for your child, it probably is. That's probably God sending you inspiration that that child, that child needs something. And Sometimes it's hard to trust that and do something that's different than everybody else is doing. But um, so I think those two points, just take, take it easy on yourself. Don't be so hard or, or critical of yourself and be confident in your decisions as a parent. I love that because both of those can be really hard. And the second one, especially if you get like kickback from friends or family, it can be hard to want to stay true. But I love that insight and advice. So thank you for sharing and thank you for joining us on striving to be spiritual. <laughs> Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Isn't she great? I feel so blessed to be surrounded by many good friends and influences in my lives of people who are striving to be spiritual. They're striving to teach their children. 
and we can learn so much from each other. These interviews are a great way for you to hear from somebody besides myself on what they do in striving to be spiritual, on ways that they implement stuff that works for them, and might actually help you implement in your life. You also might have some of those tips. If being on Striving to be Spiritual interests you, I encourage you to reach out via Gmail at strivingtobespiritual at gmail. Thank you for listening to today's episode and for sharing it. You guys are beautiful. You're daughters of God. I love you and he loves you. Until next time. This has been another episode of the Striving to be Spiritual podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and tell your friends. I hope you have a great day. Until next time.